everyone. It is Dave and Jeff. It is April 27th, 2022. Man, oh man. What a day, Dave. You know what? I think a lot of people want to hear. They want to hear you give an honest opinion. I thought you were going to make me apologize again. Well, you you just might. If you want to go ahead and put that Kings game on, nobody's going to complain. Uh, (laughs) They want to hear you apologize that you jumped the gun a little bit on Mackenzie Gore. What are you talking about? The guy was in the minors for six fucking years. Well, he's up in the big, strikes out 10 today. And what do we, does it count when it's the Reds? Uh, does your World Series count when it's 60 games? Yeah, yeah because counts. you were trying to win it. Well, the Reds were trying to oh, win. Oh, Jesus Christ. The Reds, can you name two players on the Reds? Tommy Pham. And George Foster. <laughs> George. Don't give me that George. shit. It is. A fucking kid strikes out 10. It's his third oh straight good outing. Dude, exactly. What did I say when they got the new pitching coach? This was going to be the key. It really was. And what did we say last time when things went took a, a turn for the worst? They made a huge mistake with their last hire as a pitching coach. Yeah, Larry Rothschild. Yeah. Clearly, right? Yeah, we, we said it. We said it when it happened. We looked, the New York, New York Yankees fired him for a high school coach. How, how crazy is that, right? Yeah. Like, if you're the pods, to look back, I mean, Paddock isn't doing anything, but who knows? Who knows how much the damage was done. But I read an amazing thing tonight from Kevin AC. It's the sneak preview of tomorrow's article in the UT. Spoiler alert for all of you that get up with your highlighter. Nobody gets up with that paper. Um, Come on. So Mike Clevenger pitched today at AAA. I saw it. Had another good outing. I saw him eat shit. And is scheduled to be back Tuesday or Wednesday yep. of next week. Okay, so what do you do? Well, now Blake Snell says that he expects to be pitching up to five innings by his second minor league start. So midseason form, basically. Yeah, exactly. Playoff form. (laughs) But his first rehab starts within the next five days. Yes. So then Kevin Acey wrote today, when Clevenger comes back, Yep. You could technically go with six guys because who knows if he's going to go four innings, five innings, right? Yes. But then what do you do when Snell comes back? And did you realize, Dave, did we talk about this at all? Like, I knew Nick Martinez had a long deal. Yeah. Nick Martinez is here for the next four years. Yeah, kind of interesting. Like, who else was knocking on the door? Right, the Giants. Actually, it was the Giants. The Athletic had the article the other day. Six and a half million average over the next four years for Nick Martinez. And and they're saying you might have to send Gore down. No, you don't send Gore down. You can't. Let's get your shit together. You don't send Gore down. You move Martinez to the bullpen. Right. He's the one that makes sense. You move to the bullpen. I don't care how much you pay him. That's, That's on you. You know, right. because here's the deal. You Darvish isn't going to the bullpen. Blake Snell's not going to the bullpen. Musgrove's not going to the Clevenger's bullpen. Clevenger's not going. Manaya's not going, right? Yeah. Gore right now is in the process of building himself into a fine major leaguer. Everything right. we thought he was going to be is what he looks like right now. So you're crazy to sit there and, and basically... Even have that discussion. Yeah, it's, it's, it is. There's only one guy that goes to the bullpen. Without a doubt, it, it has to be Martinez. And he pitches tomorrow. Yeah. Looked awful... In the game we saw against the Dodgers. Yeah, he was awful. And then was awful again. Yep. And it, if you end up making trades down the line, you bring him back into the rotation. Yeah. 
But right now, he has to go to the bullpen. And you have to ride Gore, right? Why would you do anything else? Yeah. Why, I mean, if he is your future ace of this, of this franchise, which why is, is why he they even drafted being discussed? Because it's just stupid. It's just dumb. Why? Yeah. Why, why slow him down or make him, a, what, a lefty specialist? Yeah, you're not going to fucking do that. Get out of your fucking mind. The guy uh, is your guy. Yes. And he looks dynamite. Sure does. Ten strikeouts today. Goes five. Pitch count was a little high, but so what? Fuck, you're figuring Dude, it out. Everybody's pitch count seems high. Yeah. I mean, honest to God, everybody's pitch. Fucking Martinez went through 101 pitches on five innings the other day. Not even five. Yeah. Four and two thirds. Yeah. I think I think Gore ended up today 100, right around there. Okay. Through five. But he gets the win. Yes. Strikes out a bunch of guys. And Dave, you know it better than anybody. That's a perfect game for Gore to go in because how much of this game, and especially when you think about what he has gone through the last two years, I thought a team like the Reds today, where the ball jumps in that park, had to be huge for his confidence, which I can't imagine. Maybe, as a young guy from Texas, maybe his confidence wasn't rattled at all. That seems very hard for me to believe. So you go in... Yeah, the Reds are not the Dodgers, but you go in and you get 10 strikeouts, you get a win on the road, you help your team win, get the games, uh, win the game that you need to win, right? We talk about it all the time. Yeah. And then uh, and off off and running. Here's here's the guy dang deal, man. With, that with, Kings with, game hey, fuck it. face, I'm trying to find, find it. it. You're the only asshole I know that walks into someone's right house there. and demands what channel gets changed. There you go. And I do it every fucking time, but well, it's not we fast appreciate. enough. So you lose your shit. We appreciate it. You've been doing this for five fucking years. Yeah. Three, three. three. three against Seattle. Are they even trying? The guy's getting paid tonight? Damn it. Congratulations right. yeah. to the LA Kings. Back in the playoffs. We couldn't be more excited. Uh, I would invite any Ducks fans on the bandwagon, but honestly, the team that you've cheered for didn't do so well with your support. So maybe you guys just uh, sit this one out. Uh, enjoy it from the sidelines. Maybe get yourself some little Caesars. <laughs> and off you go. I have a quick Hold on, one. hold on. Let me finish this McKenzie Gore thing. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Here's the most important number out of everything McKenzie Gore. Sure. As Jeff said, he, he ended up throwing 102 pitches in five innings, okay? Yep. So he's averaging a little bit more than 20 pitches an inning. That's high, right? You yep. want to stay lower than that. You know, Traditionally, you'd prefer to be somewhere between 11 and 13. The yep. goal, obviously, is can I go for a, a, a complete distance for a game? So whatever, that's, that number's a little bit high. Not a big deal, though, for where he is in his career. Here's the most important number for Mackenzie Gore, and this is why if you're a Padre fan, it doesn't matter if you're facing the Reds, the Dodgers, the Yankees, whoever it is. He only walked two. Isn't that amazing? And that's yeah. everything. Because with Mackenzie Gore, it's been control issues. That's why yeah. he's been in the minor league so long. It looks like he has solved whatever that problem was, that he's able to be around the plate. He's effective. We all know he throws extremely fast. Ten strikeouts for five innings. Do the math. Right. Averages two Eight. strikeouts an inning. Pretty fucking good. Pretty good there, Dave. Pretty good. So overall, the two walks, I think, is the most important number. And yeah. I think if you're a Padre fan and you've been waiting for this kid forever and you're one of those guys go, you can't trade Mackenzie Gore, this is why. And this is why you don't stick him in the bullpen because he's becoming what you always thought he could be. Dropped out of the top 100 yeah, for did. Baseball America and Keith Law. Like, things, the wheels were coming off. Yes. And now all of a sudden you watch him go out and uh, very, very effective and very, very exciting. The guy you need to worry about right now is Lamette, who's fucking yeah. lost, who yeah. just lost. Yep. I think Lamette literally pitches not to get hurt. 
Yeah. Right. The slider's be. not as dangerous as it was. He doesn't throw it the way he used to throw. His ERA is five four zero. He looks lost in the bullpen. Struggled again today. Two thirds of an inning. Two earned runs. And you're going, fuck, man. Lamette looked terrible against the Dodgers on Sunday. Yeah. Three years ago, kid was unhittable. Yeah. Right. One of the best in baseball. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. That's going to be a sad story. I mean, he'll he'll end up uh, moved. I mean, maybe Lamette goes down. And then Martinez takes his spot in the bullpen, right? Yeah, Lamette's story is a sad story. You're 100% right on, I mean, on this was, one. He was a top five finisher in the Cy Young. He, he was one of those guys that was unbelievable. I think at one point you and I both said he was the best pitcher on the staff. My opinion on Lamette, if you go, what happened with Lamette? It's simple. Somebody allowed him to, to make the decision to not have the surgery. Yeah. And in my opinion, that started it because, as you just said, Dave, I think that's when he started to pitch to not get hurt. They kind of coddled him, the whole thing. He got out of the rhythm, right? Because one of the things that AC talks about tonight is really the the lack of interest in going to a six-man rotation because you've got a couple of off days in May. Guys don't want to get out of that routine as starters. Yeah. And uh, Lamette had no kind of routine the last two years because you couldn't, you didn't know if he, he was put together with spit and chewing gum. That's true. And uh, very, very frustrating. Yeah, no, a- absolutely. And so um, overall, the Padres doing what they're supposed to do, taking care of business against the Reds. Again, the way this trip ends up with you have three with the Reds, three with the Pirates, two against the Guardians. Yeah, good. And you're back home. Yeah. Yeah, it comes back. Yeah. Against uh, the Marlins. Against the Marlins. Yep. That gutty team. Uh, We mentioned the Kings, and the Kings are going to the playoffs. Incredibly exciting. And, Dave, I I was just laughing because this week, on Monday night, I was at the Bahia Hotel. Yeah, I saw that. I went to the Bahia, met a buddy of mine that I've known since the ninth grade. Okay. Today, yesterday, on the phone, two different times. With a friend that I've known since the ninth grade. And what's really funny is today, uh, talking about the Kings with buddies of mine, my buddy Dane loves the Ducks, lives in Orange County. Okay. My buddy Dave Bay loves the Kings. So, and then my buddy Tommy is a front runner, lives in Orange County, Goes to Ducks games, but then realized the Ducks weren't really doing so well. So starts claiming his King's roots from back in 93. Yeah. So it was fun today because I had the chance to send each guy a little care package. A couple of Kings things for Dave Bay. A couple of Ducks things for Dane. A couple of Kings and Ducks things for Tommy Frontrunner. (laughs) But the great thing was, like, it's just, it's so fun, right? When you've known guys since you were 15 years old, before you get married, before you have kids, before you do anything. And Dane writes on my Facebook, hey, man, congratulations to the Kings. I'm bummed about the Ducks, but it was really fun, and I hope the Kings go far. Yeah. So I write back, hey, man, the Ducks, and I've said this to Pete and, uh, and to Matty Evans and the rest of the Ducks fans, like, there's guys coming up through that system that are really, really talented. And I think in a couple of years, these uh, the Kings and Ducks are going to be matching up as these guys start to hit their stride. It's going to be fun, man. Just stay the course. Southern California hockey is about to get great. And my friend Dave Bay jumps in and goes, man, it was great when the Kings beat the shit out of the Ducks. <laughs> and my friend, they're the same grade. Yeah. Two years ahead of me, Dane just puts the crying emoji. Dave just took all the class. 
took it right off the rails and we were dying. But I was just thinking about it today. Like, do you still have friends that you can have regular conversations with going back to ninth grade, 10th grade, your junior year, any of these guys? I mean, I love it, man. Yeah. Well, I've noticed outside of the people like you who, who you know, follow sports every single day. A lot of my friends, if they've gotten older, they've lost a lot of interest in sports. Really? Which is disappointing because yeah. for me, it hasn't changed from the time I was six years old to right now. You know, I'm as big as a fan of, you name the team. It doesn't matter. I mean, Lakers, I've watched every game, even though they were shit. Uh-huh. I watched, you, you walked in, I had the Dodger game on tape. Yep. I was watching it. I'm, I'm still into sports like you wouldn't believe. So when a, my closest friend growing up tells me he can't name one guy on the Dodgers. Wow. I'm like, son of a bitch. Like, really? Yeah, depressing. Like, who are you? And how the hell were we ever friends? Like, I just can't yeah. get over it. And so it's, it's, it's different. I mean, there are people that we, we've gravitated to, our listeners and friends that they've become friends of the show, that they're big sports fans like you and me. But, yeah, it's, it's changed a lot. I, I have one friend that I lost contact with for a few years, but we've uh, kind of picked up where the one thing we still have in common, he texts me almost every day about either the Dodgers or the Lakers. Yeah. And that's the way it was when we were 10 years old. That's awesome. Yeah. My buddy Tom, 1993, when the Kings made that run, played Toronto, eventually lost in Montreal. He, me, Tommy, and I think there were maybe a couple other guys. But Tommy and I were the two main guys. So superstitious. You'll like this. The Kings won like an early playoff game when we were together. Yeah having a beer, watching it. We literally got together. It was our, okay, we're going to your house. We're going to my house. We're getting together to watch these playoff games. Yeah. And every 93, when McSorley's fighting Wendell Clark and Doug Gilmore and Gretzky yeah. and everything, we were that together. That was the best series. The Maple Leaf series was the best one. Unbelievable, right? Yeah. And so we were together for every one of those games, freaking out, going through it, back and forth. Uh, yeah. That 93 series to this day is maybe the best series I can think of in any sport that I've ever seen. Yeah. Just the emotions, the the highs, the lows, and then your team eventually wins it. So, yeah. So, now today, as the team's going back to the playoffs, uh, and to share it with a guy that you know was there, God dang, I mean, we're joking. We're like, dude, that's almost 30 years ago. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh Made it a whole lot of fun. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's, it's we were talking about it. I was just thinking, like, oh man, that's thirty years ago. Yeah, that's fucking insane. You know, it's um, the Kings were great for me back then because I wasn't a guy that understood hockey all the way to what you know I understand it now. Yeah, but the fact I knew Wayne Gretzky was ridiculous. Yeah, and I lived in L.A. and so it was easy for me to go to a few games and go. And I'm looking at the greatest of all time, and he didn't just disappoint. It wasn't like, oh man, I hope he does something tonight. He did something every night. Every night. And he was he was amazing to watch, and so it was incredible. And then you start realizing, well, Wayne Gretzky's a star, but so is this guy, and so is this guy. They had a ton of stars on that team. McSorley came in that trade. Yep. And then you start getting, you know, obviously it ended in heartbreak because yeah. you're thinking they're going to win the whole thing. They've never yeah. done it before. And then right when they had all the magic going and it falls short, kind of like the 98 Padres. You're going, yeah, same thing. They're going to win the whole thing. Everything's going our way. And then it, you fall short and you're devastated. Against Montreal with Patrick yeah. Waugh, yeah. unbelievable team. The curve stick, the whole deal. Yeah. It was funny, the other night, uh, Bob Miller, Hall of Fame voice of the Kings, was on with Tim Conway on KFI and was just talking about Gretzky and that time. And 
Bob said Jerry Buss was the guy who had really planted the seeds to get Wayne here. Yeah. Peter Pocklington backed out, the owner of the Oilers. Then Bruce McNall came in and said, well, I'll throw 15 million cash in and three number one picks. The deal gets done. Gretzky brings Crucial Niski and McSorley with him. But then Bob pointed out, he goes, the three first round picks that the Kings traded every other year, he said none of those guys ever played for the Oilers. That's amazing. Isn't that unbelievable? But yeah, it's just, I'm watching the NBA. The NBA is exciting. Um, My goddamn Timberwolves make me want to drink right from the bottle. Dude, the last 10 seconds of that game were the best 10 seconds I've seen all year. Oh my God, Dave. It was crazy. It was crazy. I know it was heartbreak for you, but it it was insane. Well, and it comes, what, 72 hours after they had a 25-point lead? I mean, they're, they're a young team. They got a young team with a first-time playoff coach, and I'm sure if you look back, I'm not going to compare them to other iconic teams, but, man, you, you got to get a little scar tissue built up, and, man, the Wolves are, are getting their scar tissue. But it's just with the pods playing like they are, the NHL playoffs, Dave, the first round of the NHL playoffs are going to be so goddamn good the NBA playoffs, watching Brooklyn get eliminated, and then seeing what the NBA on TNT did with that buzz. My name is Kevin. Yeah, that My was fantastic. My name is Kevin. I'm like, if you're the net, sorry, Joe Sy. Yeah. Like, I love it. I said to my sons, David shows that you can't go out and buy a championship. Yes. Right? Yeah, because Vegas had the two teams were the Lakers and the Nets to match up. Neither, right. neither team won a playoff game this year. Nope. And, it, uh, and it's just, it's such a fun time in sports, man. It's really, really good. It's really exciting. No, it is. It's 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 it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, uh, and don't forget the NFL draft, of course. Tomorrow. You know, tomorrow. Yeah, it's there's so many things that are really exciting about sports right now. For me, Lakers are out, but I, I pay attention, obviously, to the NBA. Memphis is, you're going to hate to hear this, but Memphis is the team that, to me, is the most fun to watch because of not only what Morant does, but they've proven they can win without him. And then you go, here's a star that you go, this guy's going to be around the league for a long time. Morant kind of reminds you of what happened when Kevin Durant came into the league. So what's that say about the Wolves? That the Wolves really, if the Wolves had any ability to close, yes. the Wolves could have closed them out. Yeah, and they should have. Yeah. They should have they they, they closed them out. But my, my point is, do you remember when Greg Oden and then Kevin Durant was the number two pick? Yes. And Oden was a bust? Yes. Zion Williamson, number one. John yep. Morant, number two. Yeah, and both times, it looks like the number two was the better pick. He's unbelievable. And right? you look at him, and, and I'm going, it's a matter of time before he's on another team. There's no way Morant finishes his his career in Memphis. I don't know with the way the CBA is set up in the NBA. They could pay him as much as they want to I pay I don't him. think he stays. I think Morant, my opinion, is one of those guys that will do like Shaq did, where he said, uh, Orlando's not big enough for Mickey and me, and he's going to go. It's not big well, enough. Memphis isn't big enough for Elvis and me. Because people weren't going to those goddamn Grizzly games. But the, we they said had the same thing fan. about Giannis. We thought Giannis would have checked out yeah, of but Milwaukee. That was, that was rare. That was really rare. Okay. Morant's from this country. You know? Giannis yeah. just discovered fucking Oreos. What? You know? The guys can't get enough Oreos. All of a sudden, the guy just found Oreos. He's losing his goddamn <laughs> mind. It's, it's, the, it's the there. craziest thing going. But when I look at Morant, don't be surprised if he's a Nick or he's a Laker. You know what I'm saying? I hope not. I hope not. No guys way. don't do that. They don't yeah. stay with teams, though, anymore. Uh, I, would, I would watch... Like to see, I hope my adopted Raptors can eliminate the 76ers. Can you imagine if Doc Rivers loses again? I have no problem openly saying, I have, Doc 
Rivers seems like a nice guy. I love the idea of him blowing you another sound like my son. You sound that's what Josh says about him choking away another three yeah, to one got, lead. Josh it's goes, unbelievable. He's a terrible he's Marty coach. Schottenheimer. Yeah, because there's rumors that the Lakers could hire him, and because I don't want that fucking guy. No, he cannot. Yeah. If if the Raptors win tomorrow night, Dave, it's over, right? And no it's Fred insane. Van Fleet. They have nobody on that fucking no team. No one. Siakam is even as good as he used to be. Right. Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's but ridiculous. as you're watching it, you're like, dude, Doc Rivers blew a 3 nothing lead with the Clippers, yeah. right? Which got him shown the door. People couldn't believe it. And now he's going to, he, I mean, maybe they win tomorrow, but I don't think they do. And if the Raptors come back and he blows it, Dave, how far in his head? He's got to yeah. be in his own head, right? Yes, it, it's really pretty amazing. It's pretty, pretty fucking amazing. How can you not just cheer and go, yeah, I want to see this guy fuck it up? You know, I, you know what I li- like about Doc Rivers that kills me? He keeps trading his son. He's traded his yes. son a, a bunch of times. Yeah. And, and his son-in-law is Steph Curry's brother. And he's gotten rid of him a few times. Yeah. And you're like, this guy right here does not give a fuck. You know, it's supposed to be all about winning, but he can't win. No. Can't, can't win, can't, Rock. Can't, you can't win, Doc. Can't get him figured out. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's it's just so been so, so fun. They, they play, I'm sorry. They play tomorrow. Okay, okay, I got it right here in front of me. Just so in, I'm In Toronto? Up. In Toronto. Philly could clinch the series tomorrow. So it's 3-2 Philadelphia. Yeah. But I'm saying, yeah. I, I, well, I'm not going to say anything because every yeah. time I say something, then it goes I the wrong way. It. Yes. But I think it would be very, very funny if the Raptors won tomorrow night because Doc would find a way to fuck it up. Yeah, they would. They, they, they would. I didn't hear Alan Horton's call last night. Did you hear it? I did not. No. Okay. Because I was just curious, you as yeah. a big time fan, I mean, I'm watching the game. I don't really, you know, obviously, I love to see Alan do well. Yeah. I never lived in Memphis, been in Memphis a bunch of times, not a Memphis guy. But I'm sitting there watching, and I'm going, Alan Horton has to be thinking, we're going overtime. Yeah, and you know what? I wouldn't have been able to pick him up because on Sirius, it would have been the Memphis guy. Okay. How do you not cuss? Like, right then, right. how do you decide to go, fuck? I cannot. I mean, it's funny. We we started by talking about the Kings in 93 and Padres in yeah. 98. Like, you just, you go through it, right? Like, there's just been so many frustrating losses that one the other day where they blew it, right, had a 26-point lead, you're just like, God damn it. Because <laughs> that would have been, and and nobody knows it more than Horton. Yeah. I'm sure Geff's gone through it with the Marlins. Um, it really, Dave, it, it's not, I don't think, hyperbole to say it would have been a franchise-defining win. Yeah. And you win that game, you close it out. I really felt like last night they they started doing the same thing that they did in the last game. And all of a sudden you see the confidence in Memphis is like, fuck, we're down by 15. Yeah. Tough shit. We were down by 21 the other night. And the Wolves a little bit were like, well, we're up by 15. But we were up by 21 the other night. The Wolves needed to close that out, and they couldn't do it. And... Dude, it's just, uh, it's crazy. And it's one thing if you're cheering for them, but they're a seventh seed. They were a play-in. They had to win the play-in game to get there, and they are showing that they can hang with this team. They're not going out and getting smoked. And uh, they've won two of them, but they easily could have closed it out. Or at least they should at least be the team up three to two. 
Yeah. You know, incredibly frustrating. Here's the deal. You and I just started the show talking about our love for sports and how much we love sports. And we were talking about the pods and the Dodgers and everything else that's coming up this time of year. Not only NHL playoffs and the draft tomorrow, the NFL draft. Tony Gonzalez said something that I can't get out of my mind. And it really bothers me as a sports fan. He said that professional athletes, that only 3% of them care about winning the championship. Everyone else is about the check. And I was like, fuck, because as fans, we're all in. We got to want to have the check. We're all in with our team, and it never changes. As much as you hear guys go, I got to get a new team. You never do. You're stuck with it. I know people who said that when the Chargers left, I'm done, but no, they can't stop. Yeah. Yeah. A friend of mine is yeah. going up tomorrow for the Chargers draft party. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I think that number is... Dave, I'm sorry. We spent too we much time. We say that, but then we're like, well, he's the Hall of Famer that actually played. Maybe we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Uh, I think Tony's wrong. Oh, Jesus. You going to tell him to his face? Yep. He's going to beat your ass in front of he his will wife. Not. In front of his wife, October. You knock it off. Stop it. <laughs> Would he date a girl named October? Sure. Miss October. Hello. <laughs> Do you remember Julius Irving's wife's name as he made an appearance in winning time the other day? And so did she. <laughs> yeah, who plays him? The guy looks so familiar. I don't know. I don't think they did a great job casting that no. one. No. Turquoise was his wife's name. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, I got to say this. I'm enjoying winning time. I really feel this fucking thing could have been like seven episodes instead of ten. They are just like, let's get this shit going. Oh, my God. Well, I got to play it through the whole year, right? Through the championship year. Spoiler alert. Sorry, they win the championship. Yeah. <laughs> I am, uh, but I'm... Are you loving the show? I'm loving yeah, the show. It's really good. Dude, there are two things in that show that I laughed out loud okay. this past week. Okay. You all caught up? Yeah, okay. completely. The two things I laughed at, and one, I was like, Jeff's 100% laughing right now with me. The first one was when they get the bucket of KFC. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Jerry? <laughs> yeah. Tells Jeannie, get some chicken? Get some chicken, and he asks his mom, Mom, you want a breast or a thigh? And she says, well, you're the connoisseur. And he goes, well, I'm a 69 guy, but teach their own. And I, to his mom. To his mom. And I fucking laughed my ass off on that. Dude. But then when Chick Hearn did that goddamn commercial, hey, if you're looking for a car, yeah, make sure Cal, you go see Cal Worthington in his dog spot. spot. And I laughed out loud. I'd go, fucking Jeff's laughing with me Dude, right now. They they have done so many things. I mean, Jerry West is suing them. Yeah. Uh, goddamn. And <laughs> the, thing that, the thing that amazes me, the thing that amazes me, is how many Laker fans? Jerry West is the goddamn logo. Yeah. You Laker fans should be ashamed. You should. You've all turned your back on the logo because they have come out and clearly said over and over again. I talked to my buddy last night. Boom. Diehard Laker fan. He goes, hey, how about this winning time? huh?" I go, I'm watching all of it. Boom worked at the track with me. He goes, hey. Remember Jerry when he'd walk in? I go, dude, saw him every day. But I go, I go, hang on. I go, you're a guy that has loved this team since we were 15 years old. Yeah. I go, aren't you a little disappointed in the way they portray Jerry West? Yeah, how do we know that's not really who he was? I go, because everybody says it. Yeah. Well, I they're not going to come out and say he was that guy. He goes, eh, I think it's all fine. I go, you turned your back on the logo. Yeah, I was... I covered that team from 92 to 2005, mm -hmm. okay? I saw Jerry West all the time. I never saw that kind of behavior from Jerry Why? West. Now, I don't know Jerry West well, but I'm telling you, I was around him almost every goddamn day. 
And I never, ever saw no. him like that. He was quiet as fuck. No, the idea that he was neurotic and yeah, had to drive around true. the forum. Uh, correct. That part's true. That's fine. But that doesn't mean you have to. I don't get the point in that. I, yeah. The show would have been just fine. I don't get why you had to paint him as the guy who's throwing trophies through a window <laughs> and is a tyrant. The part that bothers me about Jerry West isn't even the show. The part that bothers me about Jerry West is how Jeannie and everyone else has treated him now. Yes. Where they've, Agreed. They, they've completely. separated him completely from the franchise. And if anyone who's a Laker fan knows, Agreed. that every championship the Lakers have ever won in yes. L.A., except for the 2021, Jerry was responsible for. Either as a player, yep. as a GM, he's the one that fucking brought you the, the greatest moves of all time in 96 when he got you Shaq and Kobe the same year. And absolutely, I mean... My good friend Tom Lasorda used to... Oh, I had his home number. Yes, that's true. I got to see if I got his phone number now. I had his, I have his home number in my book. And when I called, he answered. That's true. Tom talked about bleeding Dodger blue. Yeah. And nobody questioned it. Come on, Dave. Nobody in LA... I don't have his number. Well, I do, but I don't think he's going to answer. He's, oh, dude. Too soon. Do you have uh, Betty White's number, too? I do not. Um, nobody had more loyalty to their team than Jerry West. I agree. And it started, honestly, David started with Phil Jackson. Yeah. And I think Phil still has Genie's ear. He does. He was at a game recently. How is that if you're Jay Moore? Jay Moore's dating Genie Buss, and you got to sit there and have Phil Jackson towering over you. And Jeannie's like, Jay, I got to run. Phil's on the phone. How long has she been with Jay Moore? Completely too long. Place. Half hour would have been too long. Bob Sugar? Bob, remember he used to, dude, he got divorced from Nikki Cox in yeah. 2018. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Jay Moore's only a few months older than me. Christ. Mm, you were married. How so old? That's Jeannie true. had to go to. I don't think Jeannie would have had any. Jeannie had to go to Plan B. Yeah. Um, how old is Jeannie Bus? What do you think, dude? She's perfect, dude. There, everything you see, perfect. Coolest chick on the planet. Owns the Lakers, right? I had no idea that Jeannie Bus was married at one time. Jeannie Bus, by the way, is Long. six sixty. Going to be uh, perfect. She's going to be sixty-one in September. September, September what? September 26th, same birthday as Jake. How about that? Now, she was married once. Do you know who she was married to? Someone super famous. Yes. Hang you on. You do. Hang on. A Van Patten boy. No, no, no. Who? A volleyball player. Oh, um, not Karch Karai. Nope. The redhead guy, Steve. Yeah, Steve Timmons. How about that son of a bitch? 1990 to 1993. Well, yeah. This Adele three years. <laughs> it was yeah. a bad time. But anyways, Phil Jackson pushed Jerry West out. Yeah. And he's responsible for it. Yeah. In my opinion, I think he pushed him out. I think it's I terrible agree. how they've treated Jerry West. Yeah, completely. They did that to Elgin Baylor first. Yeah. They fucked Elgin Baylor over. Yeah, and that probably should have been more than a story than it was, right? But Elgin go went to the Clippers. Yeah. God damn, poor Elgin had to go there. Did Elgin wear a wig? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it was kind of interesting, right? I sat next to Elgin Baylor once at the, LA, the San Diego Sports Arena over here. Yeah. You know that October game? Yeah. 
and we're all the way at the very top. Just him and me. We're the only ones that have those media desks yeah, that no course. one sits in, but Elgin and me. And I'm like, yeah. I told Elgin, go, how the fuck are you up here? Right. And then some guy next to Jerry us Gross. asked Elgin to sign a, an autograph, and he goes, all right. And the guy hands him his hot dog. He goes, I'm not signing a fucking hot dog. Dude. I'm like, poor Elgin. What happened to Elgin Baylor? Dude, Elgin was so cool, and there's not anything you can say about his hair that doesn't make you just sound like the complete racist. They come in here Sunday, apologize. I want to apologize for my comment. I, dude, Elgin Baylor, for me, is a guy that really didn't pay attention to basketball. He was involved with the Clippers long after I had broken off from them. Yeah. I just always liked him. Because I, I always too. just thought he was in such a miserable situation. And he always just kept moving forward. Um, ended up having to sue the Clippers at the end, right? For yep. racial discrimination and other things. But nobody was surprised. No, not at all. Big Elgin Baylor. Um, Elgin, they said, was Dr. J before Dr. J. Dude, look, just a Canapa cool- says it. He's the one guy at Cannabis nope. says that he doesn't need to eat more beans. He said Elgin's number two. You know who Cannabis' main guy was? Who? How do you not know? Fucking Jimmy Brogan. Jimmy Brogan. Jimmy Brogan's the number one guy. Hey, hell of a player. Talk to, talk to Rick Smith. Uh, I'm be- not going to talk to Rick Smith. Beats about- died laughing. Why does he always say that? Talk to Rick Smith. Because I, I, Rick Smith is the icon of San Diego sports. Knows a lot. Jimmy Brogan could play. Couple of breaks. Dr. Rick Smith. Next time I make a point on Twitter, I'm gonna tell Nick to go talk to Rick Smith. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking talk to him. Jimmy Brogan was Pistol Pete before Pistol Pete. No, he wasn't. He's ten years younger. Oh uh, well. You get my point. Hey, but speaking of basketball. Yeah. Pete and Point Love is died laughing right now. How about that bullshit video Dan Williams put up with him? George Mikan. Who else was in that video? I didn't see the video. He put a video up of him playing high school basketball. Goddamn thing was so grainy. I was waiting for Buster Keaton to come out. <laughs> well, here we are at the War Memorial. And it's a pleasure to be out here today as the young lads playing a little bit of Rambo. Go look at Dan's Twitter. Fucking videos from 1818. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's going on? Dan's not that old. Well, Fucking, according to the video, playing in 1950. Here, I'm going to give you some Jimmy Brogan news news for you. So I'm late on this. Jimmy Brogan, you know what high school he went to? Same high school as Kobe Bryant. He's having the most famous basketball player from his own high school. Hell of a player. <laughs> Hell of a player. Dave, talk to, uh, fuck, I cannot think of this guy. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on, I'll tell you the guy. Who was the guy... Fucking assistant coach. Ah, he just retired. He was an assistant coach for Fish Fisher, and then he went back. He coached uh, girls basketball. He coached, He just fucking retired. He coached at, like, uni, right? Oh, I know what you're talking about. The yeah. high school guy, yeah. dark-haired guy? Yeah. Talk to that guy. Talk to that <laughs> Brogan only played two years of the NBA. He only played 121 games. What the hell is he talking about? You talk, talk to Jim Brogan. Talk to John Olive. Right. This fucking city. He refuses to acknowledge he he loves Jimmy Brogan, but he loves Jimmy Brogan because the GM, yeah, Ted Podelsky, told him Jimmy Brogan was going to be a star in the NBA. There you go. Uh, fuck Jimmy's parents 
love him, but it's probably pretty close between <laughs> Nick and, and the Brogan family. I don't think we ever had Jim on. We couldn't book no. him because I was just going to start laughing. Jimmy Brogan scored 619 points, 619. San Diego, that's why they love him. In, in the, the NBA? In the NBA, yeah. In two fucking years? That's what it says. How about that? Well, okay, hang on. It sounds pretty good, but then what's he averaging? If he played if he played 160 games. All right, hold on. What's he averaging? Five not points a game? Not 160 games. Wait, what did I just tell you? It was 121 or something. Let me figure this shit out. All 121 right. games. All right. So, all right. Fuck is that? Six points, four points a game? <laughs> yeah. 5.1. Fuck. Christ. Come on, Jimmy. <laughs> Let it fly. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, well. Oh, well. But, yeah. The Nick legend right there. But, I don't know. Go go on Twitter and look at this fucking video of Williams. Jesus Christ, Dan. What year is this shit? And goddamn everybody's just teeing off on him because Erica accused him of being 5'8". That was funny as shit. I know. It's one of my favorite things. But I felt bad because it's like, where the fuck is this guy, Disco? (laughs) Disco Dan Williams? Yeah, look at this shit. This goddamn video. I should have had this queued up for you. My apologies. Yeah. He's like, hey, not that anybody asked, but here's video of me. Playing basketball. Oh, Oh. Jesus Christ. I'm looking at it. Look at that shit. (laughs) Look at that shit. Where is that? Who's in that game? There's Elgin Baylor right there. (laughs) Elgin Baylor, Bob Cousy. Right? Who else is in that? George Mikan. Fucking Guy Lafleur. I don't know who the fuck else is in there. there Dan was on the floor. That's all I can tell you. You got a pass through right back. I don't want it. You see that? <laughs> I don't want it. Number 30 threw him a pass. Because no, no, no. You can take it right back. You take it. I'm not shooting that shot. Yeah. I don't want it. People are going to yell at me. God damn. But yeah. It's just like, it's like the guy. I was. It's waiting not for even the- a three-point line on the floor. How old is this shit? 80 years. Fucking the Hindenburg video is cleaner than that. <laughs> yeah. Watch that shit. I was like, ah, God damn it. Does Dan score in this video? Oh, there he is shooting. He did. He hit a jumper. Good for Dan. Hey, kid. It's two for him. He got laid after the game off of that. Hell yeah. In Toledo. Kid. All those chicks do in Toledo. From what I read. Oh, hey. Yeah. I got a, I got a book update. Somebody wants a book. It's especially for our music friends out there. Dave, you know who uh, Matt Sorum is? Yeah. Uh, was the drummer for Guns N' Roses, drummer for The Cult, Velvet Underground, right? Wrote a book. This is kind of cool. I was scheduled to go see him at Book Soup in LA in March of 2020, right before COVID hit. He okay. was doing a book signing because he tells all the stories about being on the road with goddamn Wyland, being on the road with The Cult, Guns N' Roses during all that time. And, of course, right in March 2020, everything gets canceled. So I'm like, shit. They go, okay, well, we're going to hold the book off until September of 2020. I go, god damn. September of 2020 becomes April of 21. Then it became July of 21. Then it became December of 21. Well, I looked at a thing yesterday. 
and said, hey, Matt Sorum's book will be out in May of 22. I'm like, well, I've heard this shit before. But there's a web, uh, a company called uh, Rare Lit, L-I-T, okay. Rare Lit. They're the publisher of the book. All right. And they said for 26 bucks, you pay them 26 bucks. They're like, we'll send you the book and it's a signed copy. I was like, well, that's kind of cool, right? So I ordered it and son of a bitch, if the same day they didn't ship it and I got it today. Okay. So if you're a fan of Matt Sorum, great drummer, has always had cool stories. He's a fun follow on social media. Uh, if you just go to Rare Lit, the book's 26 bucks, and I think I paid like five bucks for shipping. It wasn't much at all, but the book showed up today. So um, I know a lot of you are music fans and, and are kind of like us, love Guns N' Roses, The Cult, Scott Weiland, all that shit. Uh, but again, uh, you can go check it out if you just uh, do Matt Sorum book. Um, don't do, I mean, you can order it wherever you want, but for the signed one, uh, it's through Rare Lit. Okay. It was wasn't even thirty bucks, and uh, it showed up today. Really cool too. So, yeah, just uh, I like giving everybody a heads, heads up for shit like that. There you go. Okay, good deal. Good deal. It's a real quick. You mentioned the Bahia. Why did you pick the Bahia? You and I always talk about things in San Diego. Used to do what? What made you go so to the Bahia? My uh, dude, my my buddy uh, Scott King, who I've known since the ninth grade, works in law enforcement in the Inland Empire. And they had a seminar going on all week. So there's a bunch of law enforcement people that deal with evidence and those kind of things. Uh, so they're all staying at the Bahia. So he's like, hey, man, he because he lives way up in Marietta. Yeah. So he goes, hey, I'm 10 minutes from your house. I'm staying at the Bahia. Come on down. So I go, fuck. I go over there and I just start laughing. And he's like, what's going on? And I go, dude, do you know the story on this place? He goes, no. So I had to tell him. I go, yeah, goddamn New Year's Eve. I think it was New Year's Eve, I don't know, my junior year in Encinitas. And my buddy Boom, and I called Boom last night. Yeah. And I go, do you remember that night? He goes, dude, it's literally the only party I ever hosted at my house. And he goes, I just remember you were in the kitchen and I came by, and you're like, dude, come here, watch this. <laughs> he goes, fuck, you got to be 16. Yeah. And we called this guy. It was New Year's Eve. And I said, what's your name? And whatever the guy's name was, Bob. And I said, Bob, what's your favorite radio station? He said, B100. Because no matter what he said, we were going to tee him off. Yeah. Or tee him up. And I said, Bob, what are you wearing right now? And he said, a bathrobe. And I said, I'd never been to the Bahia Hotel in my life. I lived in Cardiff. Yeah. Fuck would I be doing at the Bahia? But they advertised all the time on like Padre games or Channel 8, right? Like yeah. The original staycation. And so I told this guy, I go, Bob, we are having the B100 listeners New Year's Eve party. If you come down right now with the bathrobe on, <laughs> I'm going to give you $500. And boom, I'm telling boom last night. He goes, he goes, I goddamn remember it like it was yesterday. And he goes, what did dude say? And I go, he just yelled in the phone, I'm coming. <laughs> and uh, we just hung up the phone. It's my favorite story. Because I told my friend Laura the other day, because yeah. she's like, fuck, what? she goes, what'd you do at the Bahia? She goes, I've known this story for 
30 years. What'd you do? And I told her. And she goes, so what'd you do? Did you call him back? I go, no. He <laughs> just moved on to the party. No, we went. Chicks were there. I go, you were probably there. And uh, so then Scott and I are just, we're basically in the lobby bar at the Bahia. Yeah. And I'm telling Scott, and he's like, holy shit. And I go, yeah. So a fucking guy probably parked right out here in his bathrobe <laughs> at like 11 o'clock on New Year's Eve and walks in and like, where's that B100 party? And dude, it's not easy to get to. It's down yeah. like the roller coaster. There's no, no B100 party here. Then he has shuffle back in his bathrobe back to his goddamn Dodge Dart. How pissed was he? Dude, he had to be so pissed. And I was laughing the whole time the other night trying to get back to the five because I'm like, it's not easy <laughs> to get back over here. <laughs> and then it's probably, dude, it took me to get from there just to get to PB. Yeah. Had to have taken me 15 minutes. And I'm, dude, I'm 30 minutes from Cardiff. 35, 40 from Encinitas. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. I told Scott, am I in trouble for that? Goes, no. You're fine. I go, all right. But I go, yeah, it all happened right here. We sent him to the BEO Hotel. Oh, my gosh. That is so damn funny. I know. I feel bad. My yeah, apologies if you know the gentleman who got burned down that. Oh, man. You want to hear a story about feeling bad? All right. Mm -hmm. I'm, I wasn't going to tell you this, but I'll tell you, tell you this one now since it happened just the other day. I'm going to leave the school name out of it, okay? Come I on. Feel terrible the way it worked out. So last Saturday, I'm at a, I'm at a freshman baseball game, okay? okay? And I'm just sitting in the in the score booth. I don't coach freshmen, but I'm watching our coaches and watching our players, hopefully soon to be varsity guys. And we're blowing them out. We're winning 19 to 1, okay? Nice. <laughs> it's just nice. one of those where you're like, what the hell's going on here? No. 19 to 1, our guys are hitting the shit out of the ball. These guys can't hit at all. So the other school sends a kid up to bat. I've seen this kid play one time before, and I was the first guy at school uh, Saturday morning, 8 in the morning, to cut the grass and get everything ready for a 10-30 game. Mm -hmm. And this kid walks into the school with me. Mm. Okay. Ninth grader, he's he's a little person. Okay. 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 So I'm going to be politically correct here. For it's, once. It's a kid. And so he walks in, and he sits on the bench. He's all excited, has his glove out and his bat, and he's waiting probably another hour and a half for his teammates to show up. But he, you could tell this kid couldn't wait to put the uniform on and get ready to play. Love it. Very cool. And I'm cutting the grass, and, and he just look over, and he's still there. My guys aren't even there yet. And everything's done, and everyone shows up. Game starts, and our team kicks the crap out of them by a score 19-1 to 1 as, the, as the score at this time. Mm -hmm. Coach on the other team decides to put him in the game. Okay. okay. Kid gets up to bat. Man, he has the best hit of the day for their team. Lines a shot right to right field. Single right to right. Perfect. Our right fielder picks it up, chucks it to first, throws him out by 30 feet from right field. That's the game. And I just turned to the two men next to me and went, we're all going to hell. Every one of us is going to hell for throwing that kid out. Like, what do you do? You keep playing the game. You don't tell the kids, hey, treat them any different. Right. But it was one of those like, holy shit, we just chucked that kid out from right field. We're already winning 19 to 1. Like, he already had the, the hit of his life. Uh, you're going to think I'm crazy. I think you guys showed him respect. By, by, not, by uh, not showing by he's not, different than right. anyone else? By showing him respect. What do you do if the game's 3 to 1? Oh, yeah, chucking him out. Right. Yep. Uh, you, didn't, you didn't do anything wrong. You treated him like any, any other player. We did. We uh, did. What if it was uh, the kid after him? Your right fielder's still making the play, That's right? That's true. 
You're 100% right. You showed right. him respect. There's, I think that's cool. Oh, I felt bad for him. Well, you shouldn't. Well, we play him again this Saturday. Same yeah. team. Good. Hey, hit, hit the ball to the left. <laughs> hit the ball to the left. I mean, our right fielder's got a gun. Has <laughs> a cannon. Seen I it. know there's somebody listening to this show that was at that fucking game that's gonna fucking die laughing. Go, there's oh no man, way. I remember. I'm that. not even joking. You treated him like every other player. If the right fielder can make the play, he's coached to make the play. You're oh not, my god, dude, you're it was not so cringe where they just put my hands over my face. I couldn't even look anymore. I'm telling you, Dave, if your right fielder has the play and you throw it to second base, I'm looking at it from a dad's perspective. Yeah, and then I'm looking at, it and I'm like, dude, you're treating my kid like he's a charity case. Treat him like he's any other kid. Right? That's true. Yeah. That's uh, true. You I'd be like, it, treat you handled him. it better than I thought, thought you would. I thought you were just going to scream at me. Uh, I, big shock. I gave the wrong website for the Matt Sorum book. So oh, I mean, fuck. You, fuck. Rare Bird Lit. Okay. Rare Bird Lit. They have a thing where you got to look at it because they were doing it with an album too. That thing sold out. But it says if you just take a look for Matt Sorum, you'll see it. Okay. It says to get the signed book, click here. But dude, yeah, amazing rock drummer telling stories. The book's gotten good reviews. Uh, rarebirdlit.com is the website. Good deal. Hey, I want to mention our good friend Brian Curry right now when it comes to selling your home. If you're looking for a home, you understand how tough it is. If you're selling your home, you're going, man, I'm in the catbird seat because I'm going to make a lot of money. We always say this all the time. Where are you going next? My neighbor yeah. across the street. I don't know if you noticed when you pulled up today, there's a for sale sign. Oh, fuck. That, you know the house? I have a neighbor across the street from me that, no joke, lives there only two weeks out of the year. Yeah. That's their vacation home. Yeah. They decided they're going to sell the home. Yeah. Of course, i got to go, what are they listing this thing at? And you're going, wow. If they get that, you know. That's I, good. I tell my wife, I go, this is what they're asking for. She goes, if they get that, we're moving. I go, into what, our car? Yeah, where, where are we going? Where are we going? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What are we doing? Fresno? So, <laughs> it's Fresno. So the, the move is you got to get a professional. You got to get the best in the business. That's Brian Curry. Brian's going to figure out where you're moving next. Most importantly, you're going to be extremely satisfied when you find out how much he's actually getting for your house. Above market value, of course, Brian Curry is going to make you a lot of money. But Brian's your guy. 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. Why wouldn't you buy a house? For, for the homeowners out there, and there's... A bunch of us and we're thrilled to be part of that fraternity dave i know you are i'm as well think about what your mortgage payment is yeah. now look at your mortgage payment and then calculate in for those of us that have to deal with an hoa calculate in what the hoa payment is right and you go all right and now just for fun calculate in what gas and water whatever else you're paying for trash right as a homeowner those kind of things and you go all right well what the fuck's the point of all this relax everything i do has a point i tell you to calculate it in because when you start thinking about trash and water and hoa and your mortgage i would think for a lot of us we probably come in under twenty nine hundred dollars which is now the average rent in san diego according to a published report today wow $3,000 was the number that I saw is the average rent wow. in San Diego. Holy shit. If you can afford to pay three grand for rent, you can afford a goddamn house. And you should be talking to Brian Curry. It doesn't, you may not be living in downtown, but you can live where somewhere pretty, pretty nice. And the name on the deed is going to be yours. 
make sure the the key is you want to buy a house that's going to continue to rise in value, not go the opposite direction. That's why you need Brian on your side. Also, you're going to want that pool, man. You have a chance to get your house. You're going to have a dream pool. The Taylor May pools, Alan Taylor standing by the best pool in San Diego right there. It's amazing what he comes up with. The things that you've thought about what your pool would look like. Wait till Alan T- Taylor shows you the ideas that he has. He'll show you what it will look like with his 3D design virtual tour. Also, more than 20 years he's been doing this. Alan Taylor is really good at this. Alan Taylor is the only person you should talk to when it comes to getting that pool and putting it in your yard and creating memories with your family. 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. Ask about available financing. Got to tell you, I'm a bit of a pool snob, Dave. Yes. You're seeing it now. You're seeing it on Facebook, and you're seeing it other places. As the weather warms up, spring's going to become summer. You're seeing more and more people hosting pool parties. Yeah. And sure, it's nice to see Mrs. Murphy out there in her latest swimwear. You go, hey, it's a nice look for you, Mrs. Murphy. But I tell you what, I got to be honest. As a fan of tailor-made pools, I'm like, let me see that pool. Fuck, you get that thing. <laughs> Did you do that yourself? Huh? Did you buy that online? Did you watch a YouTube video and just hire a goddamn... Back, uh, back hauler, get that dirt out of there. Fuck you doing? And then you do what so many have done. You go to DaveAndJeffShow.com to the sponsor page and look at the tailor-made pools, and you're like, oh, yeah. It's the difference between watching Dan's grainy video yeah. and watching the NBA tonight. It's night <laughs> and day. You heard me, Williams. You heard exactly what I said. It's the difference between watching Dan's Five foot eight grainy video with Bob Cousy or watching Winning Time with Magic and Cookie. <laughs> uh, why would anybody goof around with a bad pool? Get yeah. a great pool, call Taylor Made Pools, tell them Dave and Jeff sent you. Absolutely. Speaking of Dan Williams, Dan Williams is a guy who can help you out as well. Jeff just talked about. Hey, this is what you could afford with your mortgage. The guy that will help you really lock things down on what you can afford and where your bills are right now and how you get out of debt is Dan Williams. The smartest phone call you can make is to Dan, 858-688-6813. That's 858-688-6813. Congratulations to Dan as a fellow King season ticket holder. Uh, I'll be looking for a fruit basket delivered to my house because I talked him into, remember, he was going to get Vegas Golden Knight tickets. That's an idiot. Are they in the playoffs? No. No. They're in line to see Tape Face. (laughs) They're done. But the gutty little kings are still alive, and Dan's going to the playoffs. Yes. Well-deserved for a champion among champions. Uh, Yeah, there is nothing better than, I swear, Dave, I don't know if it's LifeLock or... Capital One or anybody else, but how many times do you feel like maybe Wells Fargo as well? How many times do you feel like you're emailed your credit score over the course of a month? Yeah. It it just feels like everybody's saying, hey, your credit score. And I look every time. And when your credit score is solid and in that excellent range, it opens up the door for so many different opportunities, whether you need to buy a car, whether you need to buy a house, Uh, or anything in between, and you have to get your finances in order, uh, enabled to do so many things. Like we said, they run credit when when you do a job interview now or when you apply for a job. That's why having Dan on speed dial is unbelievably important. Uh, The Calm video series you can see at DaveAndJeffShow.com, just unbelievable 
It's not like you have to settle in for a five-hour video. They're all very short, very informative. We always talk about two-minute Tuesdays. Uh, Dan has done so much. And the other great thing that I love is we tease him about the video. He's so interactive with all of you. He really has become a friend and a family member to all of us. And that's the thing you're looking for. You're looking for somebody that you can trust like a family member. And that's absolutely Dan Williams, 858-688-6813. How's your website doing right now? How's your business going? If your business is struggling, a lot of it has to do with what's going on with your website. Everything around business nowadays is your website. Is it working properly? You're looking to sit there and say, we need to revamp it because we need to kick things up a little bit. Kyle Fluger is your guy. 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. I tell you what, a friend of mine has a website, just sold it for $48 billion. Wow, that's a lot. Has anybody offered you that for your website? No? Well, that means you fucked around, Dan Kyle Fluger. You know who fucked around? Tom. Tom. For MySpace. Oh, yeah. Completely fucked around. Completely fucked around. God damn it. I tell you what, you talked to Ted at Netflix. <laughs> they were goddamn mailing you DVDs. Yeah. And then Flug said, apparently, hey, I think we can do it better. Yeah, he did. And you go, well, we don't think so. People love DVDs, but let me hear your bullshit idea. And Flug started start streaming. And they jumped in. Porn? I said, no. I tell stories about lions and what are you talking about, Fluger? And then all of a sudden, another guy jumped in and he had a little bullshit website. Fluke said, you know what the problem is? You got to cut this shit down to 40 characters. And people have 40 characters. Fuck are you drinking up there? I think you need to come down from the altitude there, buddy. That thin air is getting to your head. Well, all I know is I'm, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure Flukes was a consultant on that website yeah. and sold for $48 billion to a guy whose cars drive themselves. But hey, you know what? If you're happy with your little bullshit jewelry website yeah. that makes you $1,100 a year, hey, good on you. <laughs> all I know is Flukes in line for a big raise. Dan Williams uses him. Yes. Julie Brownman. Sean Walchiff. Sean Walchiff, the great Katie Temple, who I'll see in a week. The Dave and Jeff show, your favorite show. So many of you who could blame you, uh, you should be using it as well. There you go. You know, it's funny. Right now we have uh, we have the Angel game on. Yeah. And I was just thinking about, you know, Noah Syndergaard's on the Angels. Yeah. You know, Noah Syndergaard is the first guy to wear number 34 on the Angels since Nick Gadenhart passed away. He got permission from the family. Is that right? Yep. I had he, no idea. I just saw it right now because Jeff and I used to work with angels. And he got we permission started because from the family. Hart's uh, tragic death. It told a great story at the start of the year that he talked to the family um, and he said that they were great about it. And he said, remembering the story, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he said, every every time I walk on that mound, he said, I'm, I'm doing it with him in my heart. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Just, just notice that right now. It took me this long. All right, how old are they and how much are they worth? We're going April 20... What the fuck is this? We're going... I think we're going tomorrow, April 28th. Yep, okay? that's tomorrow. I know, but I, for some reason, I have the wrong date on here. April 28th. Okay. All right, here we go. One of the prettiest girls in the world, Jessica Alba. She is great. She's great. I'm going to say she's uh, 44. 41. My apologies. Uh, 20 million. You want to try a little bit higher? 
Like, really? think major. Oh, high. wait, she owns that business. She owns something like a makeup line or yeah, something. She, That's right. She's loaded. Uh, I'm going to say $220 million. $340 million. She, she owns something. That's right, dude. I, I had seen that. Yeah, good for her. Here we go. Another girl smoking hot. Penelope Cruz. Yes. Yep. That, she sure is. I'm going to say she's uh, 53. 48. Fuck. What is with me? Tonight? I know you are a dick. Uh, $80 million. $55 million. Okay. Another girl that used to be smoking hot. Ann Margaret. Dad, still, no problem. Would Man, you throw in Margaret one? Yeah, if she called right now and said, hey, what are you doing on Cinco de Mayo? I'd reschedule my plans with Katie Temple to a different night. I'd be over at Ann's house. <laughs> what are you do? How often have people called you and said, what are you doing on Cinco de Mayo? I'm just saying, if Ann Margaret called, I'd call, ta- I'd call Katie and fake a cult. <laughs> <laughs> um, fuck, she's got to be. 84. 81. Again, too old. Fuck is going on. Uh, 18 million. 25 million dollars. Yeah, Katie's out. <laughs> Katie's out. Absolutely. All right, last one. Jay Leno. Fucking Jay Leno. Uh, backstabbing son of yeah. a bitch. Greasy cocksucker. I'll tell you something, though. I heard a great Jay Leno story. I'll, I'll tell you this in a minute. Um, fuck. He, dude, he can't be 70. Oh, he's older than 70. Is he really? Yeah. 74? 72. Uh, 200 million. $450 million. Wow. Yep. Somebody, oh, I know what it was. So I was at, uh, my kids and I are in line at America's Got Talent. Yeah. Dude in front of a super nice guy. He said he had tried out for the show and he's just kind of grinding as a comedian. Yeah. Right. He, and he was talkers. And he does the whole circuit up there, right? Laugh Factory, the improv, all these different things. And he was telling us this story that one night he's down, just waiting to get on, and Jay Leno walks in and does 10 minutes. So show ends, right? And there's like six or seven comedians backstage. And he said one of the comedians was a female. And she said to Jay, did you see my set? And he said, I did. And she said, what did you think? And the guy who was in front of me at America's Got Talent said, Jay Leno spent 30 minutes with her and went through the whole thing and said, hey, you took too long to get to the punchline. Do this, do this. And he said he was so sincere and so genuine and so nice and just sat with her. He said, it's one of the coolest things. And he goes, dude, I've been trying to you know, bust through. Yeah. For a long time, he goes, I've seen a lot of different people. You know all their names. And he goes, some are cool. Most aren't. Most come in and leave. And he goes, yeah. fucking Jay Leno was such a nice guy. So I thought that was kind of cool. That's nice. I've always heard stories that Jay Leno and Jerry Seinfeld would go to like laugh factories and comedy stores and just goof on comedians. That was kind of disappointing. Yeah. Like well, they weren't as successful as them and they just laugh at them. Uh, well, this dude said he spent a lot of time with a, a young comedian and really helped her out. Oh, she was a girl. That's supposed to mean. Oh, Calm down. I don't know. What's it supposed to mean that you went young on Jay Leno but old on every other woman? That sounds like to me you got a major fucking problem. <laughs> Real dick. <laughs> I might. No, it's funny. You and I have worked with guys over the years. I just yeah. gotta say what I'm gonna say, and you're gonna know exactly what I'm thinking of. I'm gonna, I'm gonna out him. No, you won't. All right. But this guy literally like seemed like he hated women. Yeah. Like all the time, no matter who ever worked with us, he yeah. just was a complete 100%. jerk to every girl we worked with. It was embarrassing. So it was so weird. 
Let me just make it perfectly clear. I love chicks. (laughs) Let's go through it. Geekster. I love Geekster. Rose. Tracy. I love chicks. Erica. That little twerp. Yep. Katie Temple. But Katie, nobody loves you more than me. And Margaret calls. Yeah. We'll see you down the road. Yeah. Rocket. God, fuck. I got the nicest text from Rocket the other day. Yeah. The greatest, man. Yes. Julie Brownman. Yep. All of them. I love chicks. I do. They all smell good. (laughs) So nice. Who I miss it? That pain in the ass Lozier. She's awesome. <laughs> Love her. Yeah, they're she all great. What she sent you a picture. Hold on. I'm glad you just said that name. Hold on. I'm going to show you what she sent you. Okay? I love her. Hold on. Where the, the, where the hell is this shit? Wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Where the fuck? All right. Here we go. Tell Jeff to look at this picture. Okay. Do you know who that is? Yeah. It's Barbara Streisand yeah. with the straight hair. That's what she said. She goes, 100%. 100%. Sure Jeff knows her hair is straight. That's what I said. That's what I said. I think I started the, throwing... the curly hair. I think no, I, no. I said in the curly hair days, I wasn't interested. I would have passed. Oh. But now that she has straight hair, I'm completely in. There you go. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. She looks a lot better than she did in Yentl. Fuck. That's what I told you. Once she went to that look. Yeah. This is what I said. I was working at the warehouse in Encinitas. And she had a CD. We had in those goddamn big nine foot tall CD cases that remember you had yeah, to get of course. it. And it was like a thinking Christmas. I got to get one of these to put it in my apartment and press the chicks. Yes. <laughs> and it was like a Christmas CD. And then that's when I first remember her with straight hair. Yeah. Did she do a Christmas CD? Yeah. It was like, She's dude, Jewish. What the hell's going on? Ah, fuck. Hey, come on. What are you gonna do? <laughs> what are you gonna do anything for money? What are you gonna do? Yeah. Fuck it. Cash in. Jimmy Brolin is no stooge. No. So if Jimmy Brolin's been around this long, he knows what he's doing. He's a coxman. It's a coxman. Jimmy Brogan or Jimmy Brolin? Who are we talking about? Uh, Jimmy Brogan's okay. a champion too, but I was talking about James Brolin. Okay. Here we go. Five random questions. Okay. Name a song you feel compelled to sing when you hear it on the radio. Uh, every time it comes on, Rumor Lee Bryce. Really? Lee Bryce. Look at that. How you like that one? Dude, you blew me away on that one. I did not expect that. Uh, yeah, that's that fucking song. I don't know a lot of Lee Bryce, but yeah. it shows up a lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Rumor Lee Bryce. What oh, that's you got? good. The one song I used to, well, I can't think of the name of the song. I just heard it on the, on the radio with my kid. I was shocked he had it on his phone. You know the song that has, uh, it goes, I know, I know, I know, I know. You know, and you try and keep oh, up. Uh, uh, yeah, Bill Withers. Bill Ain't Withers. No sunshine when she's gone. Yes, Bill Withers. And I, and I said to my son, I go, hey, you ever try and keep up with this? Goes, you can't. He goes, what are you talking about? I go, everybody does, right? Everyone, when that song comes on, tries to keep up to see if they could sing along with Bill Withers. Because it's amazing. It just goes forever. Yeah. You run out of, you run out of air. It's unbelievable. I'm asthmatic. I'm like, all right, if I sing this one more time, I'll be right in urgent care. I'm not going to make it. But no, I was, uh, here, I'm going to throw a song at you. You'll crack up. I, I'm curious to know if you, if you know it. Okay. But hell, all the times I used to drive back and forth from San Diego to LA, and I would always have to drive back at two in the morning just to stay awake. I would try and sing along. Always in Forever by Heat Wave. And I, because there's one of those songs where your voice has to go high, has to go low, and I can't ever hit the high notes. But in the car, I'm doing it, I'm going for it. I would, who's the band? Heat Wave is the, is the band. God, always in Forever. It's who, like, I think they're like wait, a one hit wonder. Yeah, but somebody else did that song too. I believe it. Yeah, re, um, it was in our wedding even. I don't know as a wedding song. 
It's like one of our dance songs. Yeah, it's kind of a weak. What song. do you want me to say? Yeah, not, why don't you say you're sorry? I had, uh, I had. Here you go. I'll throw another one at you. That I had at my wedding. You're gonna goof on me at. Just you and I, Crystal Gale and Eddie Rabbit. Dude, I laughed my ass off. Where or you were you and I? I guess is the song title. Yeah. Just the other day. Oh, fuck, were you and I at the same place away from here the other day? Not long ago. Fuck, were yeah, we? We were in Petco Park together. That's exactly what it was. Okay. <laughs> Petco Park the other day when we leave uh, Coronado Pete's house and I'm getting ready to come across the bridge. I get in the car. I'm done talking to you. And I get in the car and goddamn Islands in the Stream was on. Oh, and hilarious. I laughed my ass off. That song, anybody who's paid attention to this stupid show yeah. knows that's Palais' go-to song. And I <laughs> laughed and laughed and laughed. Islands in the Stream. I don't know why you fucking obsessed with that it's song. Because it's the dumbest song of all time. Yes. But yet I know the words to it like you wouldn't believe. Yes. That's probably one I got to, if I ever do karaoke, that's one I got to drink Dude, enough to get up there. that'll be your song. Holy shit. I think is I don't know which part I sing better. Uh, probably Dolly Parker, Parker. Kenny Rogers. Yeah, probably that. Get, get your voice like Kenny Rogers. Kind of chicken-making machine. <laughs> yes. All right. Do you trust the Maps device on your phone when you're driving? No. No, I don't. My phone sucks. Uh, uh, no, I do not. You know where I get thrown off? My kid gets so mad at me because he's like, it says make a right here. And I go, where? It says 500 feet. I'm like, that doesn't look like 500 feet. Like, I'm always sitting there, like, guessing, is that 500 feet? Is that 200 feet? This is what fucking drives me crazy. I, I have Google Maps. Yeah. And I'm sure you could probably sync it up through the Bluetooth in my stereo. Yeah. But I don't feel like doing that. So every time, right, the only time I'm using Google Maps is because I don't know where to go. Yeah. Drive northwest towards King's Crescent. <laughs> the fuck direction is north or west right especially if you don't live in don't california know. at least you know where the ocean is yeah and so then you're watching and then all the so you're like all right well i think this is it i think i'm driving rerouting <laughs> and then the other shit that i get all the time is uh google maps will tell you drive uh 500 feet and turn left onto Main Street. Yeah. And you drive the 500 feet, and then it's a one way. You can only go right. No, I do not trust it at all. <laughs> it sucks. But I don't, you, people said use, uh, I use Google Maps because it's just, just, it's built into my phone. I, what, I, I, just, I, says, I guess it's Google Maps. It's Maps on the, my Apple phone. My but everybody phone. said, what is it, Waze? Waze is great. I like That's Waze. the one I never use. I you don't know, know why I'm so stupid. This is You got to use Waze, especially as much as you go to L.A. It always yeah. lets you know where the cops are. We'll tell oh, you a cop fuck. coming up in a half a mile. Slow the fuck down. I got to figure out what I'm doing because I got Pearl Jam in a week. And I'm yeah. trying to figure out if I'm staying overnight yeah. or what the plan is. And yeah, complete yeah. gong But I'm for anything that tells you exactly where the cops are. Yeah, that's good. You hear that, Bentoncourt? <laughs> You're not meeting that quota this month, buddy. All right, here we go. Um, here we go. Hold on one second. Okay. If you could master one thing overnight, what would you choose? Oh, Master one thing overnight, what would I choose? Oh, that's good. Uh, master one thing. So you can't just be a douche and say, like, stock market, right? Oh, no, well, you could. I mean, I don't know. You could say piano, dancing, singing. 
because oh, those would be my top three I choices. Know. I always wanted to be great at the piano, but where the fuck am I playing? Yeah, what are you going to yeah. play? Chopin? For me, I'll tell you right now, I wish I could speak Spanish. I wish yeah. I was fluent in Spanish. So you could talk to uh, your dog, like uh, Ron Burgundy? Um, Spanish would be good. What would it be? Dude, guitar would be pretty cool. Yeah, I have a kid on my team that, that came from Mexico this year. And he's, he, you know, he, he speaks English, but he feels more comfortable speaking Spanish. And I literally will say to him, no matter what I say, he'll just go, okay, no matter what. Hey, hit one, Coco, I want you to hit one over the fence. Okay. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's like, cracks me up. But then I got another kid on my team who's from Korea. Yeah. And he's learned how to speak English since being here. And he ends every sentence with bro. It cracks me up. <laughs> he thinks that's the way we talk. You know, everything's bro. And I just look at him. I laugh every fucking time. He drops a bro at the end of every sentence. You have uh, HBO Max. Yeah. Are you watching Tokyo Vice? No. Pretty wild show. No. What's it about? It's about an uh, American reporter in Japan. Okay. Who is kind of investigating the mafia. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That might have brought up my But own. the guy who who's the... He's been in other shit... But the young guy who plays the reporter is cool. But he's not, he's a guy that maybe you've seen in a few things, but he's not, yeah. he hasn't been oversaturated. Uh, dude, it's pretty, pretty wild, Dave. That's right up your alley. You'd like that one. There you go. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't sound bad at all. What would you master? Give us the one thing. I said, uh, I'd say guitar. Guitar. Okay. Yeah, I would do that. That'd be fun. Would you be that guy that just plays a guitar by yourself Fuck all the time? No, that's so funny you say that. Uh, yesterday, I'm in Carlsbad. I'm two minutes from work but there's a 7-eleven right down the street yeah and i'll run into the 7-eleven because i always go grab like a vitamin water and a bottle of water for work and i'm coming out and here's this guy in this bullshit little hat you know like the the it's like the black felt like it's the there's the little guy who drives like the tugboat or like the taxi driver hat yeah he's got that hat on right like the yentl hat yeah i think she yeah, wore yeah, it yeah, in yeah. she did this fucking asshole has an acoustic guitar. And I'm like, oh, give it a fucking rest, Donovan, you asshole. What are you going to do? You're going to sit down? What's he going to play on that acoustic guitar that anybody in Carlsbad needs to stop what the fuck we're doing and listen to? I'll tell you the answer. Not a goddamn thing. What are you going to play? Isn't that the way they say it goes? Hey, fuck you. You're not Jim Croce, you little <laughs> dick. And he's just strolling through with this stupid grin on his face. God, I wish I had a baseball. I chucked it right at his stupid Dude, head. Are you, are you watching, Barry? Are you watching the show, Barry? No, I got to go back and watch from season one. Oh, okay. How much have you seen? I'm, I've never oh, seen. Oh, my God, dude. There's a, there's a scene in this fucking show. Where this guy is getting on a bus because they're going to kill him. Yeah. And as he's getting on the bus, this accordion player starts playing the death march. <laughs> and he goes, oh, for fuck's sake, this fucking guy. He just fucking just loses hey, his shit. Uh, so, hang on. I got it going back to the other day. Yeah. I started thinking about it yeah. on the way home. <laughs> for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to the master. I had more people reach out to me about this. This is so funny you said doing this right now. Okay, because... There's actually three ways it could have been. Okay. It could have been singular. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Yeah. It could have been 
directed as kind of like for Pete's sake, you yeah, know, yeah. for Dave's sake, right? Yeah. So is it for F-U-C-K apostrophe S yeah. for fuck's sake? <laughs> or is it for multiple fucks? Yeah. F-U-C-K-S, no apostrophe. I had said option three, but then I started getting nervous thinking, well, maybe it's like, ah, oh, for Pete's sake. Yeah. So I went to the master, who is a doctor. She said, no, see, you had it. It's for, it's for multiple. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Yeah. That's the way yeah. she uses that's it. What, that's what my wife said, too. And yes. she spits it out like, God, like nothing I've ever heard. So, yeah, we got that. So I just wanted to let you know when I actually got one of these right the other day. Oh, that's funny as hell. That's funny. I had more people reach out to me about that. Cracked me up. Did uh, they use that phrase? Yeah, well, they're telling me the right way to use it, and they use the phrase. Yeah, it is It is funny, though. That was cracks me up. I had not heard it until, like, I don't know, two and a half years ago. God damn, it makes me laugh every time. I laugh more when women say it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, who, yeah. that's where I hear it all the time. <laughs> oh, for fuck's all sake. the time. <laughs> Dave, did your wife use it? No, she doesn't swear. That's the issue. She never, she never cusses. Well, I have a very, very close friend of mine who's Sicilian. Yeah. When they get mad, they get yeah. a little... They... No, my wife's not Sicilian. She's Italian. She's not Sicilian, but well, she doesn't swear. I think she's honest like five times in her life. She's I told cussed. you. I, I hear that, and then I hear, you do you. I don't know. I don't even know. What I don't even means. like that. I know. I'm like, I don't even know what that... What are you telling me? I don't know what that means. It's so grouchy. Yeah, but I just thought, oh, I better not push it any further. <laughs> okay. All right. Have you ever eaten so much of one thing that you now hate it? Well, it wasn't that I ate so much of it. There was, uh, remember, what was that place? The Jolly Roger? Okay. Remember the Jolly Roger? Yeah. Dude, they used to have a Jolly Roger in Solana Beach. And we went there one night. And Dave, they had unbelievable Clam chowder. Okay. So we just went. It was for dinner. It's not like I got nine. It wasn't like it was all you could eat clam chowder. But, dude, it got me so goddamn sick. Really? That I, I couldn't. I didn't have it for, like, it had to be 10 years. So, no, I don't think that I've ever had anything where you go, um, where I had it just so much. Yeah. Probably oh, alcohol. Dude, I'll tell you what, the one. Speaking of alcohol, I was with you at the time. Remember we had to do the thing at Free FM where we had to drink the Miller beer with the lime in it? Yeah, It already came with it? Yeah. Dude, I can't drink that shit anymore. No. It was, it was. I remember the first one or two, hey, this is pretty good. And then after about 20 of those, you're like, this is the worst thing I've ever drank in my life. God, you know, I don't yeah. mind putting lime in a goddamn Corona. Right. But holy shit, man, when it came already mixed in the alcohol? Yeah. Fucking hey, man, I'll never drink that shit again. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the same thing. We like, drank dude, that for three hours. Ah, uh, we drank it nonstop for three straight hours. Dude, I I I look back on that show, <laughs> and honestly, I probably should have had like Dr. Drew like come in like that. They should have done like radio rehab yeah. during that show. Like uh, we were drunk every day. Like <laughs> I'm not saying. Yeah. We honestly were paid. People love those shows. I haven't heard one of those ever. I've back. got them all. Do you have them? Um, I've got them all on CD, which is funny, but like people go, oh, whatever. That show, that's the only station I can remember. Yeah. You'll remember this. Most radio stations that you call AM, especially AM, if you're calling 1360, Kogo, KFI, most of them are set up on an eight second delay. Yeah. 
So if anything gets across, you can dump it out and the last eight seconds go away. Caller goes off and then the host, what's it usually take? Two, three minutes? Yeah, delays. Two, three. It out. Yeah, two, three minutes. You pause a few times in what you're saying. It allows it to ramp back up and then you get up to eight seconds. At Free FM, knowing what we were doing and what they were setting us up to do, they had five different layers of an eight-second delay set yeah. up so that if anything was said, you could hit dump and you still had four more behind it. Yep. I've never seen anything yeah. like it. You didn't even have to ramp up. You could honestly hit it. Jeff Stewart, yeah. Safe Stewart, could hit it five straight times. That that yeah. and they just threw us in there. Yeah, he told us because we're on a forty second delay. Don't worry about it. Five, yeah, five eight second delays back to back. But there were times when Dave would get hammered. Yeah, I'd cussed a lot and be like, "What the fuck are we doing, <laughs> yeah. dude, dude, dude?" <laughs> on free FM. Isn't that funny? Anyone who listens to this show would think you're the one that would cuss more. I was the guy that kept cussing. Yeah, you couldn't get it together. Yeah, true. But they would send. They would send limos. Fuck are we? God damn. If we would just lose our shit. And dude, they, this station, I don't think people even really realize this. Like dangerous dick and those fucking maniacs were on at night. But we're on middays. Yeah. 10 to 1. 10 to 1. So they would send a limo to my house in La Mesa. And send one for me. And then they would tell you, like, there's beers in the car. Yeah, they wanted you to get hammered before you even got there. So we would drink in the car. Yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it wasn't 10 in the morning. It was 8.30 in the morning. Dude, it is. Yeah. Now we're going because the first month of that station, we had no idea what we were doing. And they hated us. They hated the show. But then we kind of hit our stride. And that's when everything took off. Yeah, and our buddy, Nick Albert, who we love. Uh, and gets his show in London, Nick Albert was the man because Nick made all these deals and yeah. whoever bought into the show liked the show, started spending money, but they were like, we want these guys drinking on the air. Yeah. So they send these limos and we would go and then we'd get to the station and you would want, like picture tomorrow when you get to yeah. your desk and somebody's just waiting for you with a shot. Yeah, nonstop, nonstop. We, I remember drinking a ton of beer, a ton of tequila. Right. Uh, Jack Daniels, right? Yes. We drank a lot. Yeah. But With yeah, Jimmy they, Bedford. Yeah. But it was a CBS owned station and they CBS. And then would they send, drive us home. Yeah. The limo would take us home. I get home like one thirty. Yeah. And my fiance at the time was working like five. She could, I'd be passed out. Yeah. Dude. What? What time I came home and my kid was standing outside the door. It was Jake. Yeah. He was like in third or fourth grade, and yeah. it was a half day he had or had the day off or some shit, but he was waiting outside. He saw this limo pull up, thought it was cool as hell. Yeah. I stumble out of that limo. I walk in the house, and I shut the door and lock it behind me, and then I passed out on the floor on the other side of the door. Yeah. He was like Fred Flintstone banging on the door trying to get in. I was out for hours. Duh. Done. <laughs> He's sitting there crying, banging on the door. Dude. He had to get to a baseball game. His it's, uniform and all shit's inside the house. The door's locked. With all these... There's always chicks that were completely tatted out. Yeah. yeah. And doing like gun calendars. Yeah, that's true. 
And they'd always try and give us weed, and then our boss would always take it. Hey, 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 what are you guys doing with that? Give me those right in his shirt pocket. His front shirt pocket. Yeah, but what are you fucking doing? Have another drink. (laughs) Like, oh, okay. Sorry that I'd go home and offend you by smoking weed when I could sit here and have my ninth shot of Goldschlager with my fucking spleen erupts. You know what? I was trying to think the other day. When we did that show, Dave Winfield came and hung out with us. Remember? Yes. And I was wondering, were we drunk when Dave Winfield was there? I Fuck, how would I know? <laughs> Dave Winfield and Nick Hardwick, I remember, came on. Nick Hardwick came in. We had, it was funny. My buddy uh, Scott just went and saw Eddie Vedder. Yeah. Saw him in uh, El Cajon at the Magnolia. Yeah. Now, hang on. Let's see if you remember this. And he said, you know who opened up for him was the guy Glenn Hansford. You remember okay. this fucking guy? I don't. Glenn Hansford was in the band The Commitments, and he did this movie. I got, Dave, I got to look this up. Uh, hang on, I'm going to tell you this. All right. Because this absolutely was the day when we were drinking. So they send this little fucking pale Irish twerp, Glenn Hansford, in. And you and I had been Glenn Hansard. That's his fucking name. <laughs> little, look at this little shithead, Dave. Remember this guy? He looked like Ed Sheeran. And he was in the movie. Remember this little fuck when he came in? Him I and don't. this chick? No. They were in a movie. I think the movie was called Once. I do. I do remember this now. Remember this? Yes. And they came in and they we had been fucking drinking our ass off all morning. And then all of a sudden it was like, yeah, 2007 yeah. in the movie Once. And the song was called Falling Slowly. With this chick, Marquita, and they didn't know what the fuck they had walked into. Because <laughs> you and I had just been pounding beers. Yeah. Hey, what's up? <laughs> hey, how's it going? Fuck. Hey, you were in the commitments. And the guy was like, I was in the commitments. Yeah, it's great. And we're like, all right, well, you want a drink or anything? He's like, no. <laughs> And uh, yeah, but that movie once. Remember that? Yeah. Fuck, I couldn't even. You know when you're, you've been to a party and you've had too much to drink, and you're like, I'm seeing three of this guy, <laughs> and we're trying to do a radio interview, and your notes are just, your notes are just like they might as yeah. well be underwater. They're just waving, and goddamn, Safe Stewart's like, in our ear. We have 11 minutes to go with this guy. And he might as well have said, we have 11 days to go with this guy. <laughs> I was just like, what? <laughs> what? Uh, and, then he, and then he pulled out his fucking little acoustic guitar and played this song. And that chick's all looking at him like he's something special. And I was just like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right now, you little fucking twerp. Get out of here, Glenn, you little asshole. <laughs> yeah, you little Ed Sheeran wannabe. Dave, you this asshole? I do. That's yeah. so funny. But yeah, he opened yeah. it. Scott King's trying to tell me the other night. Ah, oh, he was so talented. I'm like, eh. <laughs> He's not like so Larry sure. David. He's like Larry David. I was like, I don't know, dude. I was pretty fucked up, but I was three feet away from him. I could have done without it. You have 11 days left for this guy. Yeah, it's like, hey, right, guys. Like, because he doesn't want to yeah. just say, so he just talks in the talk back. And we're, it's like, it's just like jumping over. Yeah. Uh, we have about 11 minutes. And it just felt like we have 11 weeks to go. Slow down. Hydrate. <laughs> Fuck. 
Have you met anybody famous? <laughs> What's your favorite color? <laughs> what have you done in San Diego? <laughs> You've been to Cali Comfort? Yeah, <laughs> fuck. Oh, my God, that's so fun. Yeah. Oh, right. my God, that's so damn funny. All right, Ariel, last question. How okay. often do you see someone do something shady? Um, I'm happy to say not very often. That's it's good. The, it's the one thing really at our job that we're pretty proud of, man. You got to be ethical, yeah. right? Dude, uh, if you're not ethical, you're... 100% right with that. Yeah. I mean, do you, are you ever like in a store or a gas station and you're like, fuck. You ever see somebody steal something in front of you? Not recently, but I feel like I was at... Oh, I know what it was. I'll give you one. We shouldn't really just be allowed to just punch like one person a day. Yeah, I agree. It, I'm, I'm in Vons. It's about 10 days ago. I had to run and, and pick a few things up. And I walk and there's a guy coming down the the row towards me, kind of heading towards the checkout. He's just firing grapes into his mouth. <laughs> It's like, this guy just needs to be fucking punched yeah. right in the fucking orbital bone. Just send him goddamn through the line with a cracked orbital bone. I don't think anybody. So you can't eat grapes in the store because. But he's not even he... just eating them. He's like, he's like trying to flip them in his mouth. Yeah. Like he's something special, Ted McGinley. But when you pay for it at the end, if you pay for it, it's, it's not, the bag doesn't weigh the same. You completely fucked the whole thing up. That's, that sucks. You're just an That's asshole. Stealing. Yeah, you're just, honestly, you're just an asshole. Anybody who encounters you doesn't think, hey, fuck, look at this guy eating grapes. I bet he gets all the hottest chicks. Man, I wish I had that courage. <laughs> it's like, you're a cock. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Anything the, unethical? No, I, I, I haven't seen people steal in a while. I saw someone get busted at a local hardware store. I'm not going to say the name, but it's a, it's a big chain one. Okay. And uh, I watched the guy walk through the past the register, and then they busted him because oh, he was wow. steal he was stealing in there. And then I found out later on from a friend of mine that works there says, "Oh no, whenever you're you're like say you're in one of those aisles and you're just hoping, well, someone please help me with a fucking light bulb." And it yeah. seems like there are two or three people around. Yeah. A lot of times those are people that work in the store. They're okay. under they're undercover and they're just waiting for you to walk by the register. I had that job once at a, at a sporting goods store, but they uh, as I saw I watched the guy. He might have stole honestly five dollars worth of stuff. Wow! But still, man, here it comes, dude. We're bringing you back in, and guess what? We're calling the cops. I swear, anytime I'm with my kids and I'm walking out, I wait for that goddamn that buzzer, thing to go off. Do you get nervous? I'm like, what you little assholes? Dentine. And, yeah. They're like, do you just take dentine? Iron Man DVD. Fucking diamond ring. I don't know. I'm like, yeah, little bastards. But Did you hold even. your breath like you just made it. Yeah, they didn't do anything every to embarrass me. Yeah, give it ten minutes. <laughs> give it ten minutes. I'll fuck something up. <laughs> That's too funny. All right. So uh, Sunday, are we back Sunday? Uh yeah. Okay. We'll see you back here Sunday. All right. Good deal. See you, everybody.
together, let's have a ball Talk about things not to be reached End it all with the smoke on the beach Conversations out on the pier We'll always entertain it even before we could buy beer Walk to the park, speak our minds Maybe talk the rock Look at me That our best stuff Yeah, to be Where we had so much fun there Back to the door, I laugh so hard. 